Welcome back to the Dynasty Crossroads. My name is Peter Howard at PA Howdy on Twitter. This is a member of the DLF family of podcasts. This week I interviewed a cash at YZR underscore fantasy. We talked about target share. We talked about the Chase Claypool trade and what we think about the wide receivers on both teams. Um, and yeah, I had a great time talking to him again. I really hope you enjoy it. Let me know if you did. Uh, yeah, see you in about t- 10 seconds when I talk to a cash. Do you have the time to listen to me grind? Take down the film watchers and nerds all at once. So, uh, who are you and what do you do? Literally. I'm Akash. I'm on Twitter at YZR underscore fantasy. I do a lot of um, mostly dynasty fantasy football. If we're talking fantasy football, I also write for uh, Mojo, which is a sports stock market that just recently launched, founded Mar- by Mark Lore and Alex Rodriguez, former baseball player, which is awesome. And it's been awesome to write for them and uh, doing that kind of investments. It's like, you know. Everyone's always making content in Dynasty saying, buy this guy, sell this guy. But it's so hard to get trades done. And that's why I love Mojo, just because you can just buy someone with the click of a button. And that's really fun to make content like that, where it's really a lot easier to be actionable because you can just say buy and sell instead of trading this guy for this guy, maybe throw in someone else, et cetera. Uh, So that's nice. I also do a Dynasty podcast with Ian, uh, Dynasty underscore IM, and that's under the bulletproof fantasy football umbrella i'm sure if you've listened to this podcast you can you maybe heard of them you know peter you roll in a pretty similar circle with drew who's the founder of bulletproof and so uh, a lot of good dynasty content over there we know i kind of like a lot of what i do in fantasy football stems from like you know how in the nfl there's coaching trees in fantasy football twitter there's analyst trees where i come from the tree of peter howard and like dfb encounter and all those guys do the analytics you're you're my um you're basically sean mcveigh and i'm i onboarded you let's look exactly (laughs) i i don't think so um like if i'm making if i'm making uh, takes if i'm making takes I'm like I'm make I'm putting screenshots like I'm arguing on Twitter and when I do like post screenshots or post stats I get them from your database like I literally would not be here without the work you've done like really well, I really appreciate you saying that man I will say it, it it is a dipping your toe in the fantasy waters especially in social media you tend to come from one particular tree as you put it in that you get comfortable with one type or one group of people and you start interacting with them and then you start interacting with others from there. If you know what I mean? Cause most of Twitter is, I'm yeah. not commenting on that. Friends. Screw that. Whether it's asking questions to Matthew Berry, I think, and then eventually <laughs> they become your friends. Yeah. Um, yeah. I can't remember. I think I just started posting randomly and hoping people talk to me, but I bumped into the dynasty dummies pretty quick and Zach and, and Kyle are always pretty fun. And uh, I think I come from that tree, if I come from a tree. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. I like your point about Mojo, actually, because I constantly get frustrated over how trading works. And Me how too. we can talk broadly about the market as if it's a real or substantial thing. But in yeah. the end of the day, we're all playing in these 12-team, quote-unquote, markets, which is really just if, you're, if your mate Jim doesn't feel that way, you can't do, you can't do any of that. And it's just exactly nonsense. right. But with, I actually hadn't thought about that, but um, Travis May, as as you know, and he's someone whose tree I probably stem from, 
um, <laughs> he he's just got a job over there, and uh, it sounds like a really interesting platform. And I hadn't thought about it in that way, in that you can play with dynasty knowledge, but you don't have to wait to your league mate feels a certain way. You can just go and make the move you think is best at any time. That's an interesting exactly. way to look at it. Right. It's, it's been great. Like I've been writing articles for them and like, look at like keep trade cut or something. And you see um, Travis Etienne. Like this was a take that I had uh, in week three ish right. where like you look, you see Travis Etienne on keep trade cut uh, running back 13. And then you look on Mojo and there's a thing called future value, which is what you expect player stats to be. And it's basically the same thing as dynasty value, you know, like when you think right, about right. it. And he Everyone's was like the second, sort of. he had the second highest just behind Jonathan Taylor. I'm like, well, that doesn't seem right. That's, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> so I'm like, you should tell him. And then he, his value went down. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I did it. I got something right. It. So it's probably just like up that. Right Dino, now, it's like, though, right. Oh yeah, it is. up. I just, I, I wrote Since it. I wrote then, to sell yeah, him. Yeah. It went down and then I wrote to buy him and it went up. So, well, that's the thing. You, you can be right and wrong on players <laughs> millions of times going the opposite direction. It's like Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuels. Like you just yeah. keep doing the opposite of what everyone else thinks, and it seems to be right. <laughs> um, yeah, but that's true. Like uh, you don't have to. I imagine because I've never done anything like it. Like uh, a mojo, a stock market's got its own rules and things you'd need to learn. But at the same time, the knowledge base is the same. If you think a player is going to be worth more in Dynasty, he's going to be worth more in any valuation system later exactly. if you get it right. right. And so that mm -hmm. core basis is fine. And yeah, the bulletproof process I, I, or process or brand of content. Yeah, I, I, I know of Drew. We bump in um, to each other a number of times. Fun stuff. Um, he usually talks about breakouts and stuff like that. Is that what you're doing with the bulletproof guys, looking for who's gonna break out? Or oh, that's part of it. I mean, there's a lot of uh, I, I like you know I talk about pretty much every player at some point or another, but a big part of um, the players that over the offseason I was targeting are those typical breakout years, which is something that you talked a lot about, where you're looking for yeah. second year and third year breakouts and. That's a that's where you see a lot of the the big spikes in in dynasty value a lot of the times like an Amon Ross St. Brown. Sometimes it fails what. though. You end up with Elijah Moore, but sometimes yeah. when it when it hits, <laughs> it's pretty big. Yeah, this year kind of sucks for breakouts. I was looking at it, it does, myself, yes. like who's the new twelve, who's the new top twenty four, and it's like, oh, I don't like any of that. Like Brandon Ayuk's one of the better ones. It's on pace to have his first top 24 season he's done it in points per game well that's because you don't use points per game you know if you were a real well, yeah, nerd yeah. like like us you would have known that brand night was wide receiver 15 in his rookie season right so. right right and then i would have you know gone in last year and been wrong and 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 been out this year and been wrong again and i, I, I was like always in on it works for me i just I like all, getting it never right i don't know marquise <laughs> brown is a new new guy yeah. in the top uh in the top 12 uh, big on him in the offseason love him interesting um, though isn't it he was on he was top 12 uh by week seven last year as well i know um, yeah and then he was this top year he gets until lamar i know he was top was 12 continue? until lamar until lamar yeah, yeah. gets hurt and then this season he's top 12 until he gets hurt um it's tough it's tough once he gets back it's going to be reduced efficacy off of his list rank injury but I do expect him to still end up floating around. Like by season's end, we're going to be looking at him at around fifteen to sixteen points per game, I believe. Uh, mm -hmm. Maybe seventeen. 
uh, right now he's at 18. And so that's definitely going to carry him some, especially if he comes back week 13, 14, and only plays like three or four more games. And so I don't think so. I, I think there are just some players the market, quote unquote, market takes a disliking to. One of them, oh, yeah, absolutely. Market. One of I'll them, always... Brown. Yeah, I definitely. do think he was on pace to keep it up. This year, it didn't feel like last year. It wasn't just a, a rent. Just feel like he escaped the system and established a better role. And I really do think he could have kept it up. But it's a little hard to say he was, he he was going to be top role. 12 when he was doing it last year and finished the season weaker than that. But he's still top 24, a good player. Yeah, no, and, like last year, it was the targets never disappeared for him. It's just the efficiency fell off the map once Tyler Huntley started playing. Uh, once Lamar got hurt, he didn't score any touchdowns. Like, from weeks like nine till 18, <laughs> like just absolutely everything going wrong. Um, the biggest breakout in terms of this was a guy who um, pretty much fits the exact mold of what you see from like rookie year to sophomore year. And then uh, also it's a top 12 breakout like you see in, in second years is Jalen Waddle, where he was just outside of the top 12 last year. I think he was like I have 15th or 14th and now he's, now he's wide receiver nine in points per game, but he's top five in total points. So See, that's I had him in the top 12 last year. So like he was, he already broke out for me, but yeah, he's in the top 12. Um, CD Lamb's in the top 12 in total points, I believe, yeah. but not points per game. He's 19th. And... Yeah, he's 19th in points per game. That's tough. I really liked yeah, Lamb before Dak came back and I bought my first share because I was never in on Lamb before at his price. Uh, but I'm mm-hmm. like, hey, he has a 33% target share, target share truther. We can talk about that too. But I was like, yeah, he has a great role on this team. And once that comes back, I expect him to be scoring more and I expect them to be higher volume. So I'm very in. I, don't, I didn't expect him to finish the season with a 33% target share. I expected once Dak comes back, he'll spread the ball out a little bit more, get the other guys more involved. And that's going to lead to a more, uh, lead to a better passing offense. But I still expected Lamb to have a good role to the tune of like a 20 26 27 percent target share on the team but over the last couple of weeks it just hasn't been there in terms of his his role which is uh, the team's a getting rolled um yeah cd lamb's one of those false narrative wins in that everyone said he couldn't get the volume and he gets the volume and still struggles because the team's struggling it's like you can't, I know. He you can't did, play did, uh, victory on that man you said he couldn't get beyond the 20 percent target share no one wins 33 with lamb. like no come one's on winning man <laughs> it's like the marcus brown thing like you knew he's good yeah, it's just a situation. So if you just kept sticking to know. what seems to be true instead of pivoting over one narrative over the other, and I, I think the same thing. Marquise Brown was like the opposite. Marquise Brown was a guy who had like the target share. It's just the team volume wasn't there. But people were like, okay, they drafted Bateman. So my narrative is that the volume's going to go down. Whereas CD Lamb, the targets weren't there, but the narrative was that they were going to go up, and the market was very aggressive with that. But no, Maybe it's something average... where. But we've got like a like week how, of NFL trades in front of us, like we've never seen before. Know, and we're like, listen, everyone's let's talk, talking let's talk about, about target share from last year. <laughs> no, what yes. I do want to bend it back around to because it's within what we're talking about. It's Rashad okay. Bateman right now. I feel like that's the same thing. Like we know the player is good. We keep seeing signs that the stats that come from the player indicate a player is able to co-op volume and do pretty well with it in a different way yeah. than Marcus Brown, but still mm-hmm. do well with it. And then he regresses after outproducing his volume because he's good and then gets injured. Mm-hmm. So I think players remain yeah. good, but situations change reg- regularly. More so. Yeah, I'm fine with buying Bateman right now because he's got good, uh, he's got solid value insulation. Um, right. There is a camp that is that, that does think he's good, as well as the 
the value has dropped with injury. If you're going to miss a few weeks, obviously people are going to value you less because you're not providing any points in the short term. Yeah, it's tough with like repeated injuries. Like if I'm going to be a target church truther and he has a 17% target share, that has a huge asterisk next to it. And like you look at his targets per run of 23%, but that's also an asterisk because he was not running a full route participation, even when he was healthy. And so at the end of the day, I think he's going to be a player who has like, who's going to be like a CD lamb type of, of volume, like from last year, where it is a 20, 21% target share. And it's just something I've like, this isn't something that's super solid because it's only a couple weeks, but that offense was just a lot more, uh, that just gelled a lot more and was a lot more, more productive when Bateman was fully healthy. And that makes sense when you have good wide receivers, you're going to have uh, a better offense compared to when you're, obviously Mark Andrews is still great, but if your wide receiver ones to Marcus Robinson, it's going to be less successful. And so I'm, I'm interested in buying Rashad Bateman right now with the, a little bit of an injury discount, but I also recognize that it's probably not a situation where he's going to break out into the top 12 next year. Feels a little like drafting a rookie. Like if you, if you're able to have low expectations, but um, like the player and just hope the situation changes or the situation is better than we think it is at some point, then Mm -hmm. there's reason to do it. But if you're going to go in and then tilt, because he's not like a top 12 wide receiver next year, then it's probably 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 not a good idea. But as for that value insulation, like you said, if you're selling this year, Bateman's a good way of like maybe protecting some value if you can't target picks. Um, yes, how does what is target share? Why do you look at it? I mean, like you said, it means nothing. If you've got a high target share and a low offense, that that doesn't help. So, like, why target share? What's good about it? Yeah. So target share, and this is something that stems from you kind of just you when you have when you're looking at different <laughs> metrics and how they and how they um change year to year how sticky they are and you have this beautiful r squared table where you just have a bunch of metrics <laughs> and then how well they carry over to the next year and how well they predict uh production in the next year and one of the one of the great ones is target share and obviously great being relative because there is no catch-all metric Every metric is going to have misses and every metric is right, going to right. have hits. Even with target target share in all of its glory, it's still only uh, 38% uh, explains the next year. So it's not, it's obviously not amazing. Like if you were doing, if you were in a research field and something had a uh, R squared value of 0.38, you would say, well, this sucks. Why well, am I using this? But when we're, we're doing football, that's actually pretty good. So uh it's solid and 60 percent instead of 38 percent predictive of the next year and so if you increase the if you're if you're only going to look at uh relevant players which i think a lot of people do like if you're only going to look at players who have a target share higher than like 20 20 percent for example you're going to have a lot Hmm. uh more stickiness than if you have a player like say like a like a zach pascal or something like that I'm only saying that because I know hey. like stack skill at one point, <laughs> where he has like a 15% target share one year, and then he just yeah. goes to another team and is a backup and has like a 3% target share. That's obviously going to impact how a metric looks, but in all reality, no one would have looked and said, "Oh, like I expect him to have a similar role when he's backing up AJ Brown and Devonta Smith and everyone else in the on the Eagles." But if you're looking at like a, a Devonte Adams and he has a 32% target share one year and you say, Hey, this guy's pretty good. I expect him to do the same next year. And then he has a 30% target share again. You're like, Oh, I knew it. 
that's where you use target share. That's where it's useful. You say, okay. And another another thing, the, the other part of your question is that Perfect. volume year to year kind of sucks. Like we're pretty bad at predicting volume and like team volume. Like you could say like, okay, the Chiefs probably going to pass a lot. Bill's probably going to pass a lot. But sometimes there's just teams where that just turn into passing offenses overnight. Uh, like the Ravens did last year. And they just passed a lot more than they did in 2020 compared to 2021. I, off the top of my head, I believe the Seahawks are doing something similar. I'd have to check. I might be totally wrong on that. But I think I saw something earlier where they were passing more. At least they're passing at Who's a higher that? frequency. So Who's that? Like the Seahawks. Ah, right. Yeah, they are. And then like, yeah. But, but like if you're looking at like, okay, Marquise Brown has a 25% target share on an offense that passes at a 1950s rate then obviously it's not going to be as conducive than if he was plopped in the Kansas City offense and they're passing 40 times per game. But you say, okay, this guy has like the role on an offense where they, he looks like the role that he has has indication to, to me that he is a talented player. And that's what the – that's what the like you say, okay, this guy's a solid role. If, the, if this offense passes more and this isn't priced in, I'm really interested. And that's what happened with Marquise Brown before and – uh, it's something where if you look at uh, the target share versus like targets per game or something like that, you're just not going to capture that with targets per game. You're, you're going to have some misses like that. And obviously targets per game has hits too, because then you have offenses like the Chiefs versus the Falcons, where Kyle Pitts and Travis Kelsey have the same target share, but one offense passes twice as much. So Kelsey has twice as many targets per game or something like that. And that's something where it's like, yeah, that was pretty pretty easy to foresee because they did it for years and years past where they just passed it a bunch. Um, Chase Claypool's just been tried, traded to the Chicago Bears for, I think, a conditional. Either way, it's a second-round pick. Just, um, yeah, it's just a flat second-rounder. This year, he was averaging like a 17.4% target share. I actually think over the last three games, it was like 19% or so. He had a couple good games relative to the offense. They're, they're what do you do with that? Him. A new player and a new offense. He's not a rookie. He's had a good rookie season, at least through touchdown volume, at least. Um, yes. He's now on the Bears, a struggling passing offense with Donald Mooney, who I think is definitely one of those players who's more talented than this year might remind you of. But he mm -hmm. was also a slightly older rookie. Does and Claypool mean they're disappointed with Mooney? Does Claypool Hashtag. become the wide receiver one? How does Hashtag UDFAs don't matter. Um... <laughs> Opposite. Yeah, yeah, Mooney Mooney is a guy that had a, a large role in this team that I expected to go down. And Adam Hushter was talking about this the other day, and it's something that I never really considered, but it makes a lot of sense that offenses condense more when they have lower volume. Mm -hmm. And so Chase Claypool going from the Steelers offense to the Bears offense probably has a larger role, especially without competing with Deontay and uh, Pickens and Friar Move. They're all solid players um, versus is just Darnell Mooney. It's not really a vacated targets thing. It's just kind of how like an offenses are built type of thing where you're probably going to throw more uh, to Claypool after this, especially after trading for him, where I do expect him to have a larger role just on a lot lower volume offense. And it's not like, well, I'm not, I'm not going to say a, a less effective passing offense because the Steelers passing offenses is one of, if not the most ineffective passing offenses in the NFL right now. But it's just, the offense are it's a similarly bad situation. And so if he has like a 22, 23% target share 
maybe even 24, if this offense gets super condensed and super low volume, then I don't think you're looking at a huge upgrade. Maybe you're looking at him being a wide receiver three. Yeah, um, Adam Hofstad points well taken. It, it, it's CMC again, just related back to something recent. Like uh, CMC had like a 40% touch in the red zone percentage, yeah. um, which he's not going to maintain when he goes to an offense going there twice as often. But we do know that he co-ops a large volume role. So he's going to get a lot of touches relative to the offense in the red zone. So a smaller percentage on a bigger mm-hmm. pie means more touches in the red zone. Um, uh, to your point. But Claypool versus Mooney. Mooney's getting a 27% target share on a smaller passing mm-hmm. offense. But I do think the signal is that Mooney's much more likely to co-op more volume than a Chase Claypool ever was. But we know Claypool can stretch the field. He can work on the outside and do things out there, as we saw from his rookie year. He's not someone you can definitely ignore. Um, I would still yeah. say, if anything, I thought would think this is positive for Mooney, adding... I don't think he's a top 24 dynasty wide receiver, but Claypool has talent and can do things. And I think having another weapon in the passing game like that. I think I would put Claypool outside the top 50 dynasty wide receivers. Yeah, for sure. That'd be fine. He's pretty much doing like, he's like um, a DJ Chark level guy where he's kind of a kind of one trick ish and never going to have a huge role and never going to be super productive. But He's an NFL caliber player, and he's going to have a role. And he's well, it's not all relative. Be a, uh, the other he's not player be like on the a depth franchise chart, wide receiver. The other player on the depth chart is Dante Pettis, and I'm not a big fan yeah. of DJ Chark, but I put him over Pettis, and I'm not a big fan yeah, of Claypool, too. but I put Claypool over both. And um, Fields yeah. has come on the last few weeks, but it's mostly because it's it feels like the offense has accepted how Justin Fields excels and lent into mm-hmm. it which is great news hopefully that is great. they've been running him a the lot team. more they're, yeah they're playing right. to his strength which is the strengths of design runs um as well as uh he's a guy i don't know off the top of my head how what he's been doing this year but last year he was just throwing a bunch down the field and making those chunk plays and so if you're gonna Sorry. have a low volume offense at least have a low volume offense that can do chunk plays we accept uh, and accurate not statements. Runs. You don't need to quote numbers off the top of your head. I'm not the guy who memorizes numbers. Um, yeah, his yeah, ADOT's 9.5 right now. I think that's high. I believe that's high as well as far as um, quarterbacks goes. 9.5 ADOT is definitely definitely something where you're going to end up with some big plays. And Mooney's been a, a guy that they've had on a, a lot – a lot of uh, some of those deeper plays. His ADOT right now is 13.5. And everyone's going to look at Claypool and say, wow, that's a thing he can do. But I don't know. kind of just sucks at contested catches for relative to his size, right? Where he's 6'4". And like, I don't know what his weight is. I'm talking about like 220, 230. But he just is not good at contested catches. So... I think he's big, he's strong, and he's tall, and he's fast, um, and he's good enough. Right. Um, Which is DJ Chark. He's he is DJ Chark. Yes. He's he's, he's thicker than <laughs> but, DJ okay. Chark. But I think in terms of in terms of like comparing his physical gifts to his actual on the field product, it is very disappointing. Where you have this guy whose Raz is like a ten, and DJ Chark's Raz is like a nine point nine, and neither of them can be more than career wide receiver threes. Maybe wide receiver two, but like in in an NFL offense, like in fantasy, it's a wide receiver three or four. 
Well, let me ask. Except you for that season way. where DJ Chark had uh, was barely inside the top twenty-four off a bunch of touchdowns, I think. Yeah, it's the worst uh, top four season ever. Um, I digress. Is there a fantasy move to be made here? Like all of that um, in consideration. For example, George Pickens is now on a team without Chase Claypool. Deontay Johnson, who's been one of the most disappointing players in terms of what the volume he's getting and what he's I able know, to put out on it, which so I'm sad. definitely not putting on the player. I still think the player's good, but he's getting the volume still. Mm-hmm. Does Claypool yeah. moving change him? How about Mooney? Is there a player here that you think suddenly is worth investing in a mojo or dynasty or anywhere else? Fields, yeah, maybe? So Fields is always going to be interesting. Um, right. Just because of his Konami ability. I think... Um, I don't know what exactly he would cost. Right now, he's like a 10th rounder on keep trade cut. Probably going to be more like a... I'm saying like a super like super like startup. Like he's a 10th rounder on keep trade cut. If you're going to trade for him, it's more like an, a 7 or an 8, which I'm okay with paying just for the upside. Like I don't expect him to be right. a fantastic passer. Um, but I do expect him to do quite a lot on the ground. Um, re- like sort of like a Walmart version of Jalen Hurts in 2021. 20, so, <laughs> a Walmart version bought at a much greater expense, but okay, that's fine. Um, yeah, no, I, I mean, think- to be fair, to be fair, if you're looking at Hurts's dynasty value mid season last year versus Fields right now, I think Fields is cheaper. Yeah, Just because the points uh, are really flowing with Jalen Hurts. Like, he had 9 to 10, I think 9.5 like or 9.7 rushing points per game, which is absolutely absurd. And that's one of the highest marks that we've, like, we've seen over the last, like, 10 years. So it's Lamar Jackson level. And Justin Fields is a good rusher, but he has not uh, – he's not that level of, of rusher so far. He can definitely – Definitely get a rival. Like he can definitely come close. He's gonna be a really good rusher, and that's why I'm interested in buying him. I would not be interested in buying him if he rushed like if he if he only rushed like two, three to four times per game and only added like two to three rushing points per game. I would not be interested in buying him right now. But that yeah, upside it's, it's... after they added a, another weapon can only be helpful. I think. Um... Yeah, that's a good example of how sometimes just because something is cheap doesn't mean it's better. Jalen Hurts was justifiably more expensive uh, this time last year. I think that's paid off. Um, I don't know. Uh, my main takeaway is here I'm interested in all the wide receivers more than I was before the trade, mm-hmm. except Claypool. Like, I'm interested in Mooney. <laughs> yeah. This does seem to lean into the Bears leaning into Cl- Field's skill set. And if mm-hmm. Claypool can do more work on the outside to take more pressure off the rest of the offense, I think Mooney was a little undervalued as it is, since we know from previous performances um, that he's a pretty good player. He's currently like top 50 overall in position rank, top 75 in points. I mean, it's been terrible. It's been flat out yeah. terrible. But we know enough about the player to like him over the last few weeks. It's been a little better, but it was a little unsustainable because of the way in which they were producing. But I think Claypool might help. And I think that might be a positive sim- sign that the team's going to continue to lean in. And that's good for Mooney, too. I'm more interested in Pickens because he was already picking up a little bit. And without yeah. Claypool there, that's 
doesn't gift him targets, but it does thin the target competition. And Pickens was already kind of winning. Deontay yeah, Johnson signals, is really it, interesting. It their confidence, yeah. Lower ADOT guy, but we know from college he can work on the outside. It makes me more interested in can he get some of that outside work? We know he's capable of it. The team just doesn't use him that way. And without Claypool, that could expand his he's role outside, and maybe right? pay off a little bit. So, yeah. I used I, him outside, like, I think, last year. He's used he outside a, a little of, bit. I think he had a good amount. I think right now his slot rate's only 10% this year. Uh, mm-hmm. And this is me switching the pr- player profiler. Where last year, he also had he also had a huge role last year, but his slot rate was five um, percent. Yeah, he does not. He he never goes in the slot. He's a he's a great outside receiver. He he wins outside, and I think they'll keep him there too, um, as well as as well as Pickens out there. But no, this is something where I'm, I'm definitely always going to be interested in Deontay because there is talent there and we've seen that from his role on the team as well as pickens um but pickens does definitely has a lot more upside just because he is younger and there's a lot more allure in the younger more value in the, in, the, in the rookie yeah he's yeah he's a lot better value upside um i know so i'm definitely rookies tend to be harder to trade for if you're not on mojo uh, yeah um, and, and come with a little bit of a premium um like he was yeah. already kind of equaling a mid 23 first in trades Whereas Deontay's mm-hmm. old and people hate him um, because uh-huh. he's uh, he's disappointing from last year. And it might be, again, it's where it goes down to if you're playing Dynasty, it's your league market. Um, I know about this Pickensworth's inline outline stats. I know we can use inside and out or outside the field to describe many different things. But what I was primarily talking about is Deontay Johnson. It's like a sub nine A dot uh, this year. Uh, sorry, that was last year. Yeah, uh, and this year it's slightly elevated, but it's still sub ten. So he's not getting the majority of yard of his yards once he gets targeted. Uh, you know, uh, and a dot for a Claypool is like eleven plus, and a dot for a Tyree Kill is over twelve as well. Um, yeah. is there anything else? I know you do Twitter Spaces, something I really haven't got involved in. But if you're on Twitter, you can actually talk together in a group, and that sounds pretty fun. Yes. Is there anything else? Europe, two people need to know about where they can find you. Fun stuff. They can find information about fantasy football. Yes, I should have said this at the beginning. Um, but the podcast I had with Ian, Dynasty IM, uh, is on Twitter Spaces every Wednesday at um, 6 p.m. Eastern. And so we're always live there, and you can listen to us live. And sometimes we take questions from the listeners. So if you just want to ask something for Dynasty or you say, can you talk about this player because I don't know what to think about him? Then yeah, we'll talk about him. It just sparks some conversations that are interesting. But then also afterwards, we download the audio file um, and you, we put it on the bulletproof podcasting like site, like the channels on Spotify, Apple Music, everywhere that you listen to podcasts. Like six p.m. Eastern on Wednesdays is where you can find us on Twitter. No, it sounds like an interesting idea. It strikes me as an old fogey is a stupid idea, but the more I think about it. If you don't want to open up YouTube or the Twitch because you're under 30 years old and like me, then it's it's like a live podcast instead of like a yeah, live absolutely. stream. So you can actually just have it on Twitter. You're listening to a live podcast instead of having to watch someone on freaking video because you don't want to watch and also videos. It's, you, you it's like great podcasts. Because... It's a neat idea. Who is Ian, by the way? What's his at? Where can we find him? Dynasty underscore I. Just called him Ian. 
Dynasty yeah, underscore I am. Yeah, nice. he's, uh, he's um, good. He's almost at 10,000 followers. So if you don't follow him already, you should go follow him because he does great work with Dynasty. He's also in a, a similar bulletproof uh, stats uh, Peter Howard tree. <laughs> That's why we get along. Um, no, I was going to point out, like, I get it. If, especially if you listen to my podcast, you're probably an old fogey or a young hit <laughs> person who finds it ironic to listen to an old fogey. But you and Luke and Ian are all the young generation of fantasy people out there trying to put out useful content for people. And while it annoys me to no end that they keep inventing new social platforms, um, it is good to know. You should check out Ian. You should check out Akash. You should check out Luke because they're the new. They're the ones with energy, still looking for new right. answers. We are instead the of recycling. Dynasty fantasy. Yeah, Football. instead of recycling the same old go guy, good players stuff. So they're actually a lot of fun. They definitely know their stuff. As annoying as it is, they're so young. Um, feel free to check it out. And again, like I said, as an old fogey, actually a live podcast sounds better than a live stream sometimes because I really don't want to look at someone's face. Just. Just talk, right. okay, while I work on something else or I drive to work. So it might be something uh, you uh, want to check out. Absolutely, yes. I uh, really appreciate it, guys. Thanks very much. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah! Chicken or crow, chicken or crow, crossing the road, go. Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, play run fold, so. Jake on the table and Nate on the plays, no. Pete enumerates the plays, they're analytical. Picking my nose, don't really know if I like that. Picking their brains, got their lanes, but I like that. Picking these guys, all of these times, all of these nice stats. Picking apart, the film is an art, always a fight back and forth. There is no order, they disorder more and more because the players ain't no older. They some hoarders or some mortars, dropping bombs without no borders. They got that eye, I like mortar. Peak grinding numbers like molars, I don't know anymore. I am at a crossroads. Chicken or crow, chicken or crow, crossing the road. Go clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, play run fold. So Jake on the table and they on the plays. No, Pete enumerates the plays, they're analytical. Chicken a crow, chicken a crow, crossing the road. Go clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, play run fold. So Jake on the table and they on the plays. No, Pete enumerates the plays, they're analytical.